rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Cosmic Force. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Reganti, and on tonight's show, we have two new comic series announcements coming in 2022. We have an oversized weekly pull list, and we discuss how valuable your comics could be, with keyword be- there being could. Uh, but first, let's go around the room and let's introduce the rest of the team tonight. And we start where we always do with Emma, and I have to finally give you a sense of congratulations because um, it's hockey baseball season is over. Your Red Sox beat my raise and it's now hockey season. Let's move on and let's talk about the hockey. Hey everybody. Yeah. I, uh, for our audio listeners, I am currently wearing a Red Sox t-shirt. I am so hyped on baseball right now. Um, Oh my gosh. The Red Sox weren't even supposed to like make the playoffs and now they're in the ALCS and um, Oh my gosh, it's just so exciting. So by the way, I got to start my smack game because my Red Sox are playing Wes's Astros in the ALCS. So let the smack talking begin. It, Wes um, is cheating Astros. Let's let's we, we, oh, let's call. Oh, there let's we call go. Spade spade. Let's call. There we go. Spade. Although, you know what? I was just going to self burn. I don't want to self burn <laughs> right now. He can he can do that. He can figure it out. <laughs> All right. And uh, in addition to Emma, we have Caleb tonight. Caleb, I know you're not as into the, the, the fantasy sports or, or, or anything, but uh, how are you doing tonight? What uh, is doing what, well? What like we have on tonight. Uh, we have the Vader tie on. And ah, I was about yes. to say, like, you know, she can, you know, up talk her Red Sox all they want, but it will be it will be a almost civil war here if the Braves make it to the World Series. I might if they make it there. I don't I don't care if they win or not, but I will probably buy some Braves um, merchandise to wear on the show, show just to rep the hometown and everything. So be prepared for that if they can beat the who are we going against Dodgers? Uh, that hasn't been decided yet. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, no, to because they're game playing. Five, yep. Okay. So we'll we'll see whether or not we have a hope yet. But, you know, it's Braves country all over. It's America's team. So the Braves are my first love. Growing up in Florida before the time of the Rays, I could only get watched baseball by TBS. Which was <laughs> like, th- th- thanks, Ted. Or, or WGN and the Cubs. And the Cubs were awful in the 90s. <laughs> so I had to watch the Braves. So the Braves are my first love. So I guess that's that's the that's the team I'm going to be cheering for now. Absolutely. So no, they're, uh, I'm excited. It's always fun to see the home team make it all the way and then fail, just like a proud Georgia <laughs> tradition. And last, but certainly not least, our producer, Jacob. Um, I, I guess we could talk about fantasy football or we can talk about fantasy hockey because Carolina doesn't really oh. have a baseball team. Uh, What's that tie? Uh, is that yeah, a Braves tie? It is a Braves tie. I, I remember yeah. that I <laughs> I remember that I told uh Carolyn and uh, Andrew uh that I wear a Braves tie in Slack and then I, you know, didn't wear a collared shirt. So uh for the next thirty seconds, you know, I'm rep I'm repping the home <laughs> team or not home team, I'm not from the South, but you know, whatever. Well, I think it's safe to say that the Atlanta Braves are the official baseball team of the Cosmic Force. I guess there are three uh... of us. There are three of us who are cheering for the Braves this uh, this postseason and only one of us cheering for the stinking Sox. So the stinking Sox. What are you talking about? Yes. yes. (laughs) So 
if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We don't normally, well, I can't say we don't normally because we do <laughs> normally lead the show off with sports because we are lots of sports fans, but we do eventually get to talking about Star Wars comics because that's what we are. We are a Star Wars comics podcast that broadcasts live right here on youtube.com slash Utini every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. If you can't join us live, that's okay. Our videos are on this channel for you to watch whenever you have the chance. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast platforms if you choose to consume us via the uh, the audio uh, version. Uh, we are also part of the Utini Podcast Network of nearly a dozen shows and a Discord channel at utini.com slash Discord with more than 1,000 members with dozens of channels to choose from. I believe the most popular, most active channel this week is probably Ronin. I think, is, is that safe to say, everybody, that uh, everybody's really hyped about the uh, the Ronin release this week? Yeah, um, I would say so, so. That's been getting really, really high reviews, and um, I've started it myself. And uh, a little too early to say, I think, what I feel about it. But um, hey, there's a Star Wars author named Emma, so <laughs> it must be cool. <laughs> exactly, and we have a good interview with them uh, on the then on the channel where the uh the living for our yeah the living force managed to get a whole hour interview and it was i you'll listen to it and it was a really really good time there so you know if you're at all interested watch that and you'll be you'll sorely tempted to buy that book if only to to support a person you know a lot more about so give that a watch yeah yes. i think i think the author they're they're a genius i think they're yeah just i mean listening to them was like kind of wild i mean Ooh, it made me think a lot about what I had already read um, <laughs> in a different way. So I'm excited to uh, to see what comes next. <laughs> yes. So after we're after we're done, go over, watch the watch the the interview, and then go into our Discord at utini.com/discord and join in the conversation in our Ronin channel uh, and be a part of our community. Uh, and if you like what you see and you want to say thanks, then you can also head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash Utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini podcast network of shows, as well as exclusive merch and community activities. So before we get into the main part of the show, we do have some comics news. And, and, and Jacob, I spared you. I only put in the two that we knew of because it was <laughs> the third one that we were kind of teetering back and forth on but we we're like you know what let's save that we've got plenty of news to talk about tonight yeah so I, am i taking Jacob, this go ahead and i mean yep, i, I and did start yeah i guess I, yeah okay so um you know war of the bounty hunters uh, wrapped up today and we'll talk about that well it'll be in the weekly poll but uh we got some new exciting news to go along with that um we already knew that charles soul was writing a trilogy of uh of comics to uh take place in this time frame and tell cure's story uh one of those was of course were the bounty hunters the other we had crimson rain which was announced in september we found out that the final part of the issue or final part of the trilogy is called the hidden empire so not much is known right now but it'll be likely you know another mini series that'll come out sometime in 2022 so very exciting the way that i'm the way that i'm i'm reading this is it's not going to be an event but it's going to be an additional title so we'll have our four main titles doing their own thing and then or i guess five if we include the high republic and then this will be kind of a sixth title that will be yeah independent well we don't i mean i mean crimson rain definitely seems like it's just like its own thing uh yeah i agree I it, I guess it's too early to tell with Hidden Empire. I I kind of hope it's its own thing, um, but you know we'll see. We got we got a little time to figure it out. 
Exactly. I'm wildly excited for these because the titles just keep getting better and better and more interesting. It's like hidden empire. Oh my goodness. What? (laughs) And also, by the way, every time I hear the title Crimson Rain, I just want to sing it. Crimson Rain. Let's no. <laughs> not get DMCA takedown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but like when I heard when I, when I read the issue and saw like the third will be concluded in uh, the Hidden Empire, I'm like, wait, wasn't that already a Legends book? I feel like that's been a Legends. See, book. I had lots of issues writing the article. I kept trying to write, uh, smash the two together, and write Crimson Empire, which is a Legends <laughs> comic. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I kept like looking. Well, I saw it. I was like, has that been announced? I don't know if that's been announced. Is this is this news? I don't know if this is news yet. It, it is so, news. Yes, it is news. Crimson. Uh, mm, you got me on it. Hidden Empire. Hidden Empire. <laughs> uh, Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of what the a... Hidden Empire will be the sequel. Hey, so if there's more, if there's more, you know, Star Wars comics that are talking about the underworld, still a chance for uh, Shizor to, to show up. We we got some teases of more Black please, Sun involvement. See, see, here I thought you were going to go, there's still a chance that we get Star Wars 1313. And I was like, yes, deep cut. Oh, don't but you, had to go, you had to go the Shizor Well, route, so. then again, like, you know, it looks like comics have been, I don't want to say the dumping ground, but the redeeming field of love, you know, leftover Star Wars ties. So maybe we'll get a 1313 comic one of these decades. Yeah, as long as there's days, no Shizor, I'm, I'm fine, you know? <laughs> one of these days. For those of you who don't know, Star Wars 1313 was a video game that had huge industry powerhouses behind it. It's like Amy uh, Hennig, right? Amy, Amy Hennig was in it. Uh, there was a couple of other uh, big heavy hitters. Um, but it was going to be about the underworld of Coruscant. Uh, and I believe it was also supposedly going to star Boba Fett. Uh, exactly. But again, there were so many rumors so. about that thing. Um, but... That game uh, was shuttered before we saw anything. Well, we uh, saw a pre-rendered trailer that may look like Uncharted, which was cool. Yes. Well, that's where Amy Hennig came from. Was she was the yeah, behind makes a lot more uh, sense, Uncharted one, it? two, and three? Yes. So, anyways, well, let, I, I digress. We uh, we are very excited for both Crimson Rain and Hidden Empire. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, um, Caleb, I am going to toss this story to you because we have a second new miniseries announced coming in 2022. Exactly. It is going to be Star Wars, the Halcyon Legacy. Such a fun way to say. But yeah, it's going to be a five-part uh, mini-series. Uh, it is announced on StarWars.com today, written by Ethan Sachs, who did uh, Law of War Time Bounty Hunters, and penciled by Will Sliney, who we've already featured on the show. Uh, I'm excited-ish. Like, it's it's a tie-in to the... Um, to the uh, new like luxury hotel suite that they're offering so it'll be uh you know starting around march 2020 it'll be like a five-part mini issue they did a similar sort of thing with like tales from black rock spire the uh the uh it's, galaxy's edge miniseries right yeah so there is the star wars galaxy's edge which is a fi- it was literally same author same artist and everything it's the same creative team just doing it for the uh, Halcyon, Spaceship. this the Galactic Star Cruiser, which is you know now it's great because even us, um, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, <laughs> as less fortunate <laughs> or as less rich people can now afford to see what the spaceship looks like. Yeah, it, it's funny. Um, my uh, my aunt uh, tagged me on Facebook on a post about the new Galactic Star Cruiser, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you've got to go to this because." Uh, my family and I were, were huge Disney world fans. Um, and, 
I said, have you looked at the price tag? And she said, no, yeah. how much is it? And I said, you don't want to know. And then she's like, no. oh, I get it now. I get it now. Yeah, no. <laughs> like it, like if it's the sort of thing that you usually look at price tags, like a normal human being, it's too much. Disney hotels are, there's, there's, there's hotels, there's Disney hotels, and then there's this hotel. Like, like. <laughs> It's, it's it's in its own category for I mean and I and I understand like it's an imagine, experience. I cannot imagine spending thousands of dollars on a hotel for a weekend where the hotel room has no windows and you can't leave <laughs> and yeah or or you you can only leave during specific specific times. You mean you can only take period. you can only take a shuttle down to the surface of Batu in exactly a, exactly. <laughs> But hey, so, I mean, yes. there's Sabak tables and stuff. So, you know, there's that. So. Yeah. so, yes, two exciting new comic miniseries coming in 2022. Uh, we always, we, you know, we love more, more, more comics. That gives us more, more, more stuff to talk about. So that is definitely something that we will look forward to. Uh, in addition to everything else, uh, Crimson Rain coming out later this year. But that is it for our news section. Should Jake? section so jacob i'm going to toss it back to you because we have quite a few uh titles out this week we are we, we've had some delays the the last few weeks have been a little light uh and we've caught up to it this week with four new titles out this week so jacob what are those titles yeah and be, before i do really quickly before i do jump into this uh note that this is the first week for uh penguin random house delivering marvel comics to your local comic book store so uh Things have been a little a little shaky. It's it's definitely in a transition period. Uh, so hopefully things will get better soon. But anyways, here are our comics for this week. We have War of the Bounty Hunters number five, uh, Attack at Dawn, written by Charles Soule, pencils by Luke Ross, cover by Steve McNiven. The colorist is uh, Naraj Manan, and the letter is Travis Laneham. This, of course, is the last part of the War of the Bounty Hunters miniseries. However, the event itself is not done. There are still tie-ins with the ongoing issues, and we still have a few. I think just one, uh, one shot with the IG, uh, IG88. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not completely over, but the main story at least is wrapped up with this one. Um, uh, before we move on to the next one, uh, yeah. can I please just say how badass this cover is with Kira? Like, holy smokes! So I am good. living for all of these Kira covers and the the Star Wars uh, yeah, mainline Star Wars one that's coming out. Seventeen, soon. Oh, I think, goodness. or sixteen. Yeah, is and that the one Kira with Leia? Yeah, with the Leia, Leia and Kira. Kira. Okay, yes. that's the one that I want. Uh, and then I'm, also I'm for that one, we're. I mean, Emma, just you know, get ready because Crimson Rain is just going to be a avalanche of Kira covers. Oh goodness! So. Oh my wallet, my poor. Yes, wallet. it's yeah. So we have that to start off. You know. A little bit, a little comic there. Uh, we also have Dr. Afro number 15, Party Favors, written by Alyssa Wong. Pencils by Minkyu Jung. Uh, the cover is by Sarah Pacelli. Inker is Victor Olazaba. The colorist is Rochelle Rosenberg. And the letter is Joe Karamanga. Uh, I, I've mentioned a few times when we do have multiple event comics in the same week. The uh, Here, the order does not matter in which you read them. So, another great issue there. Then we also have Trail of Shadows number one, written yes. by Daniel Jose Older, pencils by David Walker. The cover is by David Lopez. The colorist is Giada Marchisio, and the letter is Joe Sabino. So this is, uh, we could talk about this for a while. This is a fantastic comic uh, that if you're a High Republic fan, I would say this is, as much as I love all the other comics, I would say like 
in, in order like in regards of like importance to the central story of the era i would say this is probably the most important one that is out there right now um but it I is i would agree it's like, fantastic i'm not like all on the uh on like the order there but i am definitely enjoying this comic a lot i i feel like maybe it's a little like they didn't quite tie to two like there's two main characters i feel like they didn't quite tie the two plots together just, just yet just i feel like i'm sure i'm sure we'll start coming together but i'm not 100 caught up on the high republic so um when you know like she was being attacked in the alleyway i'm like i don't know what this is how this is tying in but i'm sure over the next couple of issues it'll start getting uh intertwined and i'm really excited about this i think there's a lot of there's a lot of really good things going on in here i yeah. this is this is this is cooking up to be a really nice uh a really nice thing yeah i mean daniel jose older he is killing it in everything um yeah, this was so good. I didn't want it to end. And now I'm really sad that I have to wait uh, another month for the next part of the story. Um, I was telling my dad, he, uh, I got him to listen to all the audiobooks of Higher Public stuff. He tried the comics, couldn't really get into them. But I said, honestly, this is like a must read. It is so, so good. So hopefully when it finishes up, I can convince him to get on this because uh, yeah, this new character, uh, the Jedi, shoot, what's his name? Oh, uh, Emmerich Kaftor. Um, yeah. Emmerich, yeah. Emmerich, yeah. He's really cool. I'm I'm excited to learn more about him, and uh, I'm excited to learn more about Sign as well. I agree, Caleb. Like, um, I was a little disappointed that their stories weren't um, super connected yet, but, I mean, they're definitely going to, you know, cross paths at some point here. So, yeah, really, cover, really enjoyed so. this. So, yeah, definitely get on this if you haven't yet. Like, you don't want it spoiled for you. You want to, like, experience this, I think, issue to issue. Um, really good stuff. Yeah, I so for and if you're like Caleb and you're not completely caught up with High Republic stuff, that's fine. Uh, timeline wise, yeah, you, know, you definitely have to have read The Rising Storm and you mm. know anything, whatever you find important before that. So Light of the Jedi, basically, have to have read those two books. It starts around the same time as Out of the Shadows, but you don't have to have read that book. Uh, so I yeah, I would say required reading going into this probably just The Rising Storm. Uh, and, and Lie of the Jedi, but yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful book. And then lastly, we have Ghost of Vader's Castle, issue number four, Beware the Chosen One by Kevin Scott, with pencils, colors, and the cover by Francesco Francavilla, and the letter is Sean Lee. So four great comic books this week. Uh, if you want to pick those up yourself on Comicsology, you can find the links for those in the YouTube description, as always. All right, that was a quite a long list of comics that are out this week. But now we're going to go ahead and move on to what we are loving. And for our art of the week, we are going to actually start with Emma, who has uh, another who has a, a submission from one of these uh, an earlier issue of one of these titles. So Emma, what exactly do you have for us this week? Yeah, so I have something from uh, Tales from Vader's Castle number one. Uh, with art by Derek Charm and Chris Vinoglio. Uh, I was doing some research for an upcoming video, hint, hint, and uh, <laughs> came across this this page here. I love how the lightsaber, like, ambiance was drawn here, like how it lights up the room and the room is dark. Um, I love how they captured a, uh, like, a ghost spirit in a holocron. That's such a cool idea. And also, I mean, I got to say, like, Chopper pretending to hold out the holocron when Kanan is the one holding it up with the force. That's cute. I love that. 
almost like a crossover with that uh with the after series with uh Ur the immortal oh yeah i know uh yeah yeah um Rur, he was in that Rur. gigantic uh, yeah, uh crystal. crystal yeah he was like a green maybe it is Rur. maybe we got a crossover um so yeah that was that was my art of the week um caleb what do you have all right well this one is from dawn of the jedi force storm issue number three uh art by jan dersima i've been doing a little research for an upcoming episode hint hint <laughs> but it yeah this is like a really fun dynamic sort of page you know showing some like prototype lightsabers versus like the uh, like essentially the dark side user versus the sif pureborn blood you haven't really read too much past this but like the the story is definitely a little interesting definitely you know almost it doesn't really feel super star wars yet but there's a lot of fun action sort of things going on so um i will withdraw hold judgment on the story but the art is amazing some really great character design some really fun uh, action here definitely worth it you know art wise 10 out of 10 yeah this page is really cool here i like the the guy here with the red skin he kind of reminds me of um like a devaronian but without mm, the horns yeah. Yeah, so exactly. that's really he's cool a, yeah he's a sif pureblood which i don't know if made it to the new canon line yet or i don't think the so no which is fine. I said having the Sith be a race is kind of weird. I will say I do have a nitpick in that our uh, our our evil dark side user here is holding his uh, lightsaber reverse, and I just like whenever I see someone doing that, that I'm like, I just it looks cool, I guess, but it like the, my <laughs> internal like you know you know critic is like that's so dumb. No one no one no one does that. No one so, fights with their sword with their weapon. You know, Ahsoka reverse does. Like Ahsoka, yeah. Like what? Well, well okay, <laughs> but in two real. Okay, sorry. <laughs> this is me thinking real life sort of scenarios. Like that's a terrible way to use your weapon. <laughs> it's probably, it's probably not the safest way. I mean, if we're being honest. Well, um, true. Well, fighting with I lightsabers isn't safe at at all. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I I think you're you're exuding extreme confidence when you hold your saber that way, because it's like, yeah, I can hold it this way and I can still beat you by even with the, just, the, the just limited reach. Just, just, just don't make any like upward shopping motions towards my head. I really can't defend against that very well. <laughs> you know, just don't go for the head. Like we're like playground rules. Okay. Uh, that's great. Uh, so that's my art and fun nitpicks aside. All right, um, Jacob, what do you have this week? This one is actually from a comic that came out this week, but, you know, should be no spoilers. Uh, this is from the Dr. Afra issue. Uh, it was a Dr. Afra 15 uh, with, again, pencils from Miku Jung and the colors from Rochelle Rosenberg. <clears throat> I just love this uh, piece with Kira. I mean, again, can't go wrong with Kira art. Uh, but then also you got these, like, kind of cool, like, stained glass window type uh panels which reminds me a lot of actually the um was it the art in the princess leia miniseries um mm, yeah yeah so with the, 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 the scenes on flashback Naboo. with this person yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes that was very good so uh yeah i love this great great piece of art and uh yeah i just almost forgot that we have a community arts mission it feels like it's been a while um but i'll toss it over to caleb for that one. Oh yes and this one is from a newcomer. I don't know if they've ever won yet before. This comes from Trails of the Shadow, number one by Rafe Gavin. And, you know, just to quickly put aside, we had some great uh, submissions over we the weeks. Uh, we we've might also go been, back and we've do also like been a lightning them, round. Yeah, we've also been keeping them stored for the last, I feel like, three weeks. So exactly. we've got plenty of, of We have plenty uh, of, of options, options, but still, keep submitting them. We love featuring you and your tastes here. Um, again, this just came from the uh, Trail of the Shadows, the one that came out today? This morning? 
Yes. It's really good. This one's pencils by David Warkter. I remember reading this and looking at this page and thinking, ooh, this could be art of the week. Like, it's not really spoilery, but it is really creepy. I just love the idea of, like, you know, being a young child, you know, having some creepy mentor saying scary things to you as you try to fall asleep. Just <laughs> everything is really captured here in, like, great detail. They did the right thing devoting an entire page to this artwork. So, uh, Gavin, Gavin, you are a winner this week. Maybe next week too. Keep those uh, ones coming and we're really excited to see what we have coming through. Yeah, this is awesome art. It totally freaked me out when I was reading it. I'm not going to lie. And by the way, do we, I've been meaning to ask, like, do we know what that species is of the master? I feel like we've seen something like that before. Yeah. Uh, well, to the look, I guess. Not like, sure. like a zombie of like something we've seen before. I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> it just looks creepy because his face is upside down. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like a Quarren, but like a little off. But I don't know. he needs to go to a chiropractor really badly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. So in addition to these uh, new books, um, I, I want to take a moment and, and, and ask if we've been reading anything. I... Picked up Ronan yesterday. I've so I've I've started that. Uh, I've been listening to Plagueis on uh, on audiobook. Uh, Corey's been was was really harping with that uh, at uh, uh, last month or some or, or so. So uh, I got that with my so that, that that's what I've been reading in addition to these uh, the, these these books. Um, if you haven't already, like we said at the top of the show, uh, we did do a, an interview with uh, Emma Mieko Candon. Uh, so I would highly encourage you to go check that out. Um, but is there anybody else here that, uh, that 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 has anything notable to say about what they've been, what they've been reading recently? No, nothing notable. Ronan for me as well. Um, I mean, I'll hint at my video again. I guess I've been reading a lot of um, um, Hera stuff. That's what I'll say. Well, I was I was trying to queue up uh, a certain somebody who did put in the notes. I did put in it. Yeah, I was looking for Yeah, no, I finally finished. Hold on. Out of the shadows, which has only taken me. Well, I don't know when this come out. Like, except oh boy, uh, two months maybe, two or three months. Yeah, something it's, like it's, that. It's, it's been only a while. Been that long? Yeah, it's been a bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I've been reading a lot of other things that are not as fun as this. So it's happy. I'm happy to finally finished that it was I, I definitely enjoyed it like i like all the characters were fantastic in that book um yeah and uh, it's this is the most far behind i've been in the high republic like ever uh like i you know back after like wave one i had literally read every single thing like every comic every insider story every like i'd like watched a let's play of the tales from the galaxy's edge game that had the high republic <laughs> like i kid it all and it's been you know it's been a little rough being a little behind but uh, i'm happy to have finished that now i just need to burn through tempest runner in like 48 hours so then i can maybe start ronin sometime soon oh actually speaking hey, hey, of higher public i oh, have boy. um uh the children's book that just oh the uh showdown, the showdown at the at, yeah it was so much fun like don't sleep on these children's books I mean, you guys who, i mean they, they take like yeah. five minutes to get into but i mean burry is the star of like both of them and it's most amazing. importantly <laughs> there are stickers. stickers like that's why we're here really like who doesn't need yes. a a uh, starlight beacon sticker <laughs> to slap on their laptop exactly i mean buy two books get double the stickers it's like five dollars like why not yeah, exactly. And and the the new stickers, I mean the stickers in the first book were great. The mm -hmm. stickers in the showdown at the fair book also great. So yeah, mm -hmm. highly recommend. 
Perfect. All right. Hey, Jacob, We've... how's uh, how's uh, Alphabet Squadron? All right, we're going to merch, uh, or no, not merch break, a uh, promotion for other live shows, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and our main topic tonight is, you know, we 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 talk about reading comics, and we talk about you know consuming comics digitally or or, or whatever, but uh, we really want to take a moment and really want to talk about the uh, the the act of collecting comics and 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 the, and the the possibility of those actually being you know somewhat valuable there are, there are certain elements that make make certain comics book, comic books valuable so we wanted to kind of talk tonight uh, about what it is that uh, why you would collect comics at least from in you know possibly in a physical uh, form and then what kind of separates some uh, comics being valuable compared to other com- uh, other comics being valuable so Emma you're going to start us off tonight and and kind of talk about why some people might make the decision to collect the comic books and what could be uh, a deciding factor on making those books valuable. Yeah. So this is going to be an interesting show for me. I think, um, I think a lot of people who have listened to anything, Utini, watched any videos, seen any of my backgrounds knows that I collect a lot of things. It's true. Um, However, Star Wars comics is something that I do not actually collect. I mean, I have some for sure. I'm a digital reader. Um, I've mentioned that many times, but I do have a few physical comics of uh, all the main like War of the Bounty Hunter stuff, things that I I think are going to be really popular later down the line. Um, But I've never really gotten into like grading or um, sort of being like competitive with myself of like getting a a really um, important uh, comic. So um, one of the things I find really interesting about comic collecting is that, um, first appearances of characters is like one of the biggest factors in, uh, what makes a comic valuable. Um, so to talk about like a few examples here, um, some recent examples, um, we have, uh, Darth Crawl in, um, the higher public number mm-hmm. seven. So this was like really recent, um, so, you know, it, it might not be as valuable uh, like now as it will be later on, especially if the character that appeared in the comics will become like really popular later on. Um, so that's another thing, like time sort of factors in. I mean, like anything, Excellent. I mean, if you have like the original Kenner toys from 77, right. they're a lot more valuable today than they were back then. Exactly. The I t- went into I- a comic store, I guess about a month ago, and like the, the guy had like tw- like 30 issues of that issue of the High Republic. Like, hey, there's a new uh, Sith Lord in this one. You should buy it up because it's going to be uh, worth something one of these days. Not like, when you've like, got that many copies. Mm-hmm. Are man, my friend? new Sith Lord? <laughs> Is this the... Yeah, that's uh, the I got I got my box next to me. I'm ready to go. <laughs> He's gonna be pulling out all the examples oh, oh. tonight. <laughs> um, so another uh, some, some more examples here. Um, we have Asajj Ventress in Star Wars Jedi Mace Windu number one from February 2003. So that's actually really interesting. I did not know that she was. I, I thought that she was in the Jendi Clone Wars and then the comics, but I have been proven wrong here. This is very interesting. Have you guys read this comic? No. no. I'm no, sure Jared has. It, yeah, I was going to say, I, I haven't gone much deeper than uh, the current mainline of, of, of the canon comics, but in my research of, of, of notable first appearances and, and, and first appearances that 
increase the value of the book. Uh, this was one of the first things that I found was was Asajj's Asaj's first appearance in comic or in in, in comics. So, um, yeah, I haven't read this. Um, I, I I need to get caught up on a lot of the Dark Horse and a lot of the old Marvel stuff from from that is now Legends. Uh, but I have not had a chance to get into this yet. Oh, this is cool. So Jacob uh, pulled up on the screen now an image from that comic. Wow, it's interesting her, her look. Like she looks mostly like what we know Asajj to look like now from from TV. But she kind of has that vibe. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the the first ever concept for Darth Maul. She kind of has that like oh. face shape there. Yeah, I, I see, see what you're that. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, very interesting. Art from oh Jan Dursma. There we go. Oh Jan Dursma. Interesting. You'll be hearing that name a lot uh, in, in 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 the coming weeks on yes. this show. Hint hint. Yes, another hint hint. We love to hint. Hinting today. Um, so another notable first appearance is uh, Dr. Afra in Darth Vader number three. Um, I imagine that this comic is quite valuable now, especially because, you know, I she's been like, in so many comics. I want to say it's, it's like in the $250 range. Exactly. Like right. it, uh, yeah. I was looking up some comic prices just because, you know, for fun earlier. And like, it's, it's wild because star, you know, Darth Vader number one, like $9. $10, like whatever. No one cares about Darth Vader number one. Darth Vader number three, that's where the real juice starts to hit. Yeah, and that's like amazingly high for such a recent comic too, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the vibe oh, I'm getting. Definitely. Uh, it's, it's, it's six years old now, I guess, but it is yeah. like, you know, so it's, it's not in reprint anymore. I think people are realizing as like, I think, you know, uh, Dr. Afra has gotten the follow-up. Like we yes. know Dr. Afra is going to be around for a while. We don't know anything about this new Sith Lord Darth Crawl. Like this is he's made one appearance and hasn't shown up again. Well so, he he was okay, appearance, yes, in comics, but he all, he was mentioned in Dooku Jedi Lost, and that's kind of why I was like more this, okay. Yeah, that's why I was excited about it. So you know, as I said, you never know. Who knows whether he'll like wind up being forgotten or not talked about down the line the, the thing the thing that leads me to believe he won't be forgotten is that cabin wrote both of those and the high republic authors really like to talk about like yes. bring back their own it's it's referencing their own work and referencing very obscure things from west end source games from the 90s that's like all of like star wars nerd references now <laughs> you should run um, a I, west end game one of these years i i have to uh i've been giggling to myself a little bit here um in in the chat jared oh. first appearance of naked palps uh, like, that'd be what Darth Vader. Or, I mean, uh, uh, Dark, Darth, Empire, Darth Empire. Dark Empire number number three. Number three, three, three? or four. I, saying, I don't I remember. Trade, I have the trade paperback, so so to me it's number one. But obviously, yeah. I, I I think you're right. I think it is number three. We'll have to uh, check the tally oh. to see if we've now had more episodes mentioning Decad Palps than not mentioning. Oh no, Decad yes, Palps. that that is yet yeah, we that is a fact that we have. Uh, that is the most common. Oh, it's uh, number five. Wow. Okay. Oh, number wow. five. Okay. Why did that? Oh, that issue felt very long, I think, because we were all uncomfortable. (laughs) We chalk up. We've had 26 episodes of the Cosmic Force, and I believe we that is at this is episode 14 or 15 of which we've mentioned Naked Palps. So it has to be uh, keeping keeping the the, the tradition tradition alive, uh, Jared. And uh, we thank you for bringing that up in the chat. And yes, yes, Jared, your work here is done, but we do do want you to stick around and yes. and, and here, the the what else we have to say? Uh, I know, I know. Uh, as far as a recent comic book goes, 
Uh, and we'll talk about the value of it a little bit later, but I do know that uh, Star Wars Kanan Jarrus uh, number six is is fairly popular and is fairly high valued because it is the first appearance of Sabine Wren. Um, oh. And you'll notice that it is the first appearances that drive the value up, not Sabine doesn't have her own book, but Afra does. Afra's book isn't as and, and title isn't as valued as her first appearance. And that's, and that kind of is what, what drives some of those, some of those values up. Uh, and in addition to that, there was also the different covers. There's, there are certain, certain covers that, uh, that uh, can, can, can dictate the value of the comic, Emma. Um, why don't you talk about some of the different variant covers that, that, that uh, a book can get? Yeah, there's a bunch of different categories for variant covers. Um, there can be like additional or guest artists on a series, or um, there can be like convention or event uh, exclusives, like, for example, something at Celebration or yes. a Comic-Con. Um, you know, the 50th anniversary or Celebration event sort of thing. Right, yeah. And then there's uh, there's, there's tie-in covers. So um would that be like something with the uh, crossovers like um, yeah there have been times when sometimes they'll do like Star themed Wars after the movies that are coming out like it's like either that or there's yeah. different toys or like a Calvin and Hobbes sort of theme or oh, you're think- that's diff- like Scotty Young type stuff yeah yeah that's just like his art okay. style looks like very Calvin and Hobbes okay. Bill Watterson interesting interesting so we also have um incentive variants which are um, offered directly to distributors and local comic book shops um, to encourage larger orders, and they're usually very limited. So, a- am I correct in saying that you have to order a certain the, the shop yeah. has to order a certain number of comics yes. in order to get it'll be this like a, a one in twenty five or one in fifty. So, for ever however many twenty five issues you get, you get one of these incentive variants, and then they'll charge whatever they feel like depending on the store. And that's what helps drive those up because. They obviously print those in a limited amount of quantity because you're you're forcing one. It's not it's not as easily available to the public, and two, you're forcing the distributors and the comic stores to kind of spend more money because you're trying to up their 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 order numbers in order to get those limited quantities. So they're usually a little bit higher. You know, cover price in a comic is usually you know three four dollars five dollars for maybe a, a, an oversized. These variants you're talking. Anywhere between nineteen and, and and thirty dollars, you know, or even forty dollars, yeah. uh, depending on your on your local comic store. Wow, that is um, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, so so the last thing that we're going to talk about here about like why people collect and, and what makes a book valuable is um, complete stories um, or or mini arcs. So um, a few examples here uh, we have the the Star Wars twenty fifteen. Uh, the main line from 2015 has uh, a total of 75 numbered issues. Of course, this does not include the annuals or any one shots or anything like that. Um, so obviously, like if you're going to be committed to a series, that's a lot of comic books right there. 75, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, and then so another uh, series, uh, Darth Vader 2015 um, had 25 and same thing as uh, 2017's um, Dark Lord of the Sith. So that's more manageable if you're going to like go all in on one series. Um, and then if we're talking about like today's titles, the the uh, ones that started in 2020, so the Star Wars mainline, Bounty Hunters, uh, Dr. Aphra, um, Darth Vader from 2020, I think I got all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, those have about 14 to 15 issues out right now, depending on like when exactly they started and some things got a little 
um, delayed because of the pandemic. So, um, you know, if you want to collect the, the 2020 issues, we're not super duper far in. Um, and then there's a mini series, of course, uh, those are usually between one and six issues. So we have a lot of mini series that have either come out or are coming up. So War of the Bounty Hunters, this was like really when I like decided to start collecting ish and I, I wouldn't even, you know, put like a hard definition on it. I just, I knew that War of the Bounty Hunters was going to be a big event and I could definitely commit to a five issue mini series, getting them physically <laughs> um, instead of like wondering how many issues I'm going to have to commit myself to. So um, yeah, very cool stuff. Do you guys have any complete series or any mini series that you guys are proud of or anything like that? I have Caleb's favorite Lando as Ooh, uh, as nice. an individual issue uh, oh, wow. miniseries. So I've got that. Um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, and when we talk about value, like there's two different values here. Like the individual books or the individual issues that have the first appearances, those are going to drive the value up from a quote unquote official standpoint. If you were to get those graded, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit, those individual issues kind of go up. When you're talking about these complete series, that's when you're kind of, you know, the second hand, you know, you're on the Mercari's, you're on the Facebook marketplaces. Um, you, you get the complete set and, and, and people want to want to charge a little bit more for for the entire series. Um, there's not really from a, you know, official collector's position, you know, there's not really a value on the entire book. Um, but there's so there's just two different levels. We're, we're talking about two different levels of, of 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 value here when it comes to individual issues and and the whole the the whole books. Um, do you guys have what, what any books that, any series that, that you have in in completion? Um, I didn't start collect. I didn't start collecting physically Star Wars until about the time we started the show. So uh, I mean, I got <laughs> the higher I got the High Republic and lots of variants through the current of all the High Republic series. So I guess it's. This is cheating, but so, you know, I will say a, a quick thing we haven't mentioned. Trade paperbacks are almost never going to hold any value outside of MSRP. Like, they will never appreciate yes. except with the ex There's nope. a few exceptions. Like, older stuff, maybe. Uh, the TIE Fighter miniseries in canon, that, like, didn't get reprinted at all. So that, and, and then I think, yeah, if some hardcovers go for, can, can uh, get a little more expensive. And then omnibuses, because they only print these once. So I got technically I can have flex, the huh? I got the entire Kotor series in uh in uh, collected. It's just in a hardback and and, and uh, autographed. Now, yeah, it's right? also signed say, by John Jackson flex, Miller. So uh, if you're gonna flex, flex completely and show off the autograph too. Oh man, I'm so jealous about that. And he tweet tweeted at you too, like after yeah, he, he did, signed he it. He did right? tweet it. I was the first because I was the first person that had got it signed at a convention like he signed like a bunch online for if you bought it from a certain like comic book store like freddie and jared got theirs that way but i went to the first comic book convention he had visited in the COVID era and he signed my thing so there we go nice awesome but yeah i don't Caleb, do you have anything yeah um like the only thing i have i don't even have a cult um i don't have a full collection but i think i should have saw before i did get the uh job at the hut uh, because this is go. the first appearance oh, of Diva so Lompop. Cool. Yes. So this, that, that was the, sh the place where it's like, hey, do you want to buy this cool Darth Kroll thing? I'm like, no, I got I got my girl here. <laughs> She's yeah. going to be more important than your Sith Lord. Trust me. Yeah. yeah will... So when you when you start. Yeah, oh, go ahead, Jacob. Oh, yeah. I was just like, well, OK, you go first. I, mine's a little bit different. So. Oh, I was just going to say that's that's when you start to really potentially drive up your value is when you because Caleb, that's. Is is that a variant cover as well? I don't I believe so. that's. 
I think, I it's think like that a, is a variant color. I think it's like, like a good cover. A variant, oh, yeah. it does say variant right there. Yeah. So yeah, sure. So you start mixing first the first appearances and variant covers, and that's where you start to now, you know, you start to drive the value up. Now, modern they're multiplicative. Comics, yes, modern comics are are a little bit. It's a little bit harder for them to collect value just because there are so many of them. Like you, like Caleb, you mentioned they the, your your local comic store is holding up a stack of of Darth oh. Crawl, uh, it you know High Republic number sevens. When there's that much, there there that's that's when it starts to be hard for it to really start to appreciate. I, was about to say, I yeah. thought we learned this lesson in nineties comics, you know, with, you yes. know, like when they start to reboot every single thing, but like surely everyone will want young blood number one in like yeah. 30 years. Right. I will say, I believe Caleb's variant is a B cover. So like not really any, uh, so there's for variants, there's like all the like retailer variants and stuff like that. There's also just like what's called the B cover, which is like, it's the same exact price and the retailers can mm-hmm. get as many of them as they want. So I think that might be what uh, he I said, has. I paid normal pipe price yeah. for this one. So one thing I will say, so before we get too far away from it, we talked about like first appearances. I haven't used this in a long time, but it still looks like it's still going strong. There's this app in this website called key collector, which I found very useful I, when yeah, I was so into I was comics earlier today. Yeah. When I was a lot more into comics, it's really great. You can go like basically break down into different series or like categories like in, like there'll be like a category for superman or something like that so rather than just like you know action comics volume one so like i clicked on the high republic and it takes me to this page and it shows me all of the high republic it has all of them as key issues because they're just constantly adding new characters to these but like there you go <laughs> issue seven first appearance of darth crawl you get some kind of vague pricing uh uh estimates there so not that much for this one obviously it's basically cover price but if i was to go down to rise of kylo ren i can see that uh issue three we got the uh first appearance of avar chris that's 30 bucks so it's kind of a a nice way and i loved it when i was in the comic book stores like when i used to like go through back issues all the time because like i'd like pop open like action comics on my phone and i just sort of like start going through them and see which like which key issues i could find um so that was always a fun thing for me to do but yeah, I, I, not not a sponsor, but yeah, I I enjoy Key Collector. Yeah, I found that that site earlier today when I was doing some research, uh, and I was able to what, what when we get down to these specific pricing and and evaluation, um, that was my source for for all that information. So nice. that is a that is a very that's it, it's interesting that you brought that up. But I yeah. use a uh, a popular uh, tool. So you now have these books, you've collected these books, and and, and you want to make sure that you keep them you know, safe and keep them, you know, as pristine as possible. And the easiest way to do that is they offer them to you right there in the, st- in the local comic store. And that is these little bags and boards. Uh, you know, these, what these do is, is they keep them dust free. They te- keep them nice and sturdy. Uh, they usually offered at, uh, at, at a nominal fee. Um, I, I think it's like, you know, 10 cents, 15. I think my, my, my comic book store offers them for like 15 cents. Um, at least for so if if you want, I'm going to get real nerdy here for a minute. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. There's two, there's two different kinds of uh, two different kinds of bags that that you want to 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 keep an eye on. The most common, all of these, all of my books here, they're all in the same book. They're, they're either out of polyethylene or they're polypropylene, and and it's very common. It's it's a it's a thinner book. Uh, it's a thinner plastic. Um, 
you're able, you also want to make sure that if you, if you are just buying them online, um, comics have changed size over the, over, Mm. uh, over the last 50 or so years, the golden age comics were a little bit different size than the the comic than, than, than the current age. So if you're buying them from Amazon or if you're buying them kind of wholesale, you want to keep that in mind. Um, but in addition to that, there also have Mylar, uh, material, uh, 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 bags. Um, those are the ones, those are a little bit, a little bit heavier duty. And, uh, and those are the ones that you really want to put your high end books in. And then really most of, for most of these, all I do is, is, you know, they, they, they come like this and they got a little flap up here and you're able to just kind of flap, fold them down. If you want to reread them or not, sometimes people decide to tape them. That's completely up to you. I normally tuck them in um, because none of my books are that expensive and I like to kind of pop them open again and, uh, and reread them. So I don't care about necessarily taping them down. Uh, some, some additional variants. Uh, there are a couple of, of, of high Republic books. I've got a box down here that I'll pull up here in a second Yeah, um, that I do have them, have them taped. Um, but that kind of, so you can kind of tape them or, or, or just kind of tuck the book in. Um, but in addition to, so the bags of boards, they keep them sturdy. They keep them water, water resistant. They keep them, uh, dust resistant, but you also want to make sure that when you're storing your comics, you store them in a, um, regularly air conditioned, uh, place. So a closet or a, a, a room that's in your house, you don't want to keep them in the attic and you kind of want to keep them. Oh, messed with the mic. In one of Uh-oh. these, this is the short box. Time. Yes, this is the short box. They have a long box. If you listen to the audio version, uh, you hear in our open, you know, long boxes. Uh, long boxes probably two thirds like, of this. I think they're like double. They're huge. Like long boxes is like when you have a a like dedicated room to your comics. It's very. Yes. They I are not easy to store. I have a long box over here, and it is at least twice the size of this. this and they, is, this when they're is, full, they are so heavy that you have to be very careful on what short, sort of shelving you might use for them, if yes. any. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so, paper's dense. <laughs> so true. if I take this out, for those of you, that's how many comics fit in a short box. How, how many would says, you estimate you'd it, have in there? I think so like, it, claims, it claims to be 100. I probably have more than that in here. Um, oh. the long boxes cl- again, claim to fit 300. Um, but again, depending on how tight you want to fit, you, how tight you, you, you pack them in there and how many additional, additional books you have in there, you know, that can get, give or change, but, but doing this keeps it, um, from, from light damage, uh, because over time pages wither, they, they kind of fade. So by keeping them in a box, it allows you to, to protect it from the light and something that I learned because this is my Star Wars box, which is a box that I keep uh, that I, that I go into regularly. You don't want to store it this way because that damages the books down here on the bottom. So you want to make sure if you, if you store them upwards and you kind of have the, like most of the books, all the titles are right there. I've got so many in here. I can't even pull them out. (laughs) Um, you kind of keep them where the uh, standing straight up, so you can kind of see them and kind of, kind of, you know, f- f- uh, thumb through them. But uh, Jacob, do you have you, you've got just the one? I, I know you uh, and I are the ones that are mainly are, I have, are, are the physical readers here. I have one Star Wars box, and I have four other boxes of other comics. So uh, oh yeah, gosh. I will say, and you, a nice thing I not with my Star Wars one, but with my other ones, you can buy like little tab dividers, basically, so you can have Ooh. like little. You know, <laughs> hey, flip to this tab. That's my Superman. Yes. That's my Batman. Um, 
I, w- I want to go back a little bit and talk a little bit more very briefly about bags and boards and the different varieties. So Tyler mentioned, I put all mine with, in my lights. That's the more expensive one. Polypropylene, polyethylene, they're really fine unless like the only thing is they degrade over time. It takes a, it takes like several years. I think it's like a decade or something like that. They last quite a while, but they will start to like give off like gases as they degrade, which can damage <laughs> your stuff. So mylars basically don't degrade at all so i mean sure that's great for the environment it's fine um but the yeah these like that's like the standard um and yeah tyler mentioned some some comic stores some don't do it honestly some well you might buy it at a counter i had a really nice one in chicago where i could say hey i want mylars i want halfbacks or i want polypropylene whatever uh and then yeah a, a big thing is boards mylars is a kind of a big step up in investment quality like they're, they're not cheap um comparatively i would say the best bang for your buck upgrade is halfback acid-free boards you can just google that phrase. it was halfback acid-free comic book boards make sure you get the modern size like tyler said gold gold age comics are not the same size they're not that much more expensive but they're a little sturdier they're like boards you get from the comic book stores are very flimsy these actually give yes. it a little bit more rigidity, and they also they are acid-free, so they won't leach anything into your books. So, again, I would say if you're gonna make an upgrade in your in your uh, in your collecting habits, I think that's the best bang for your buck one to do. I am learning so much right now. <laughs> we're on, we're on really nerdy shit right now. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, we're, I'm about to like diving. go on Amazon and buy here. buy some got- acid-free boards. <laughs> Looking at so, Amazon right here, and should, it, it says should, it has a pH of eight point five. I so should have like, gotten Timothy to generate me like uh, bags and boards, Amazon uh, affiliate codes to throw in the description <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh, legitimately, yeah. I know. I think I need to get like a short box because you it guys helps. would be so disappointed in me. It, it really does. How I'm storing? Does anybody want to guess how? Uh, how are I'm they? My are they on a bookshelf? Right no. Are they just oh, in, a, in a in a pile on your floor? Oh. <laughs> It, at yeah. least have them. That's why I buy. I I, I buy. I I I I hope my wife isn't able to hear me because I because I buy these things twice because I buy the the books because I read them and I and and I enjoy them and I put them in the box and then I buy the trade paperbacks because oh uh, that's okay look, yeah that's look nice on on the shelf but it's the same story and usually I'm not read unless it's a unless it's a roundtable for for this show I don't read the the trade paperbacks because i've already read them on the issues so i'm i'm literally just doing it yeah it's like i got i don't have any room back here okay that that's actually very relatable because like i (laughs) i get all of the like digital comics because i i like to read digitally i like the guided view thing and then i'll like get you know the main war of the bounty hunters because i want to have them but i never open them to read them yeah (laughs) so we do have it have a question in the chat uh matt in the chat is saying thoughts on using the hard plastic short boxes i don't have anything Jacob, against you ha- i I, yeah. I mean i've definitely seen them i don't have anything against it i mean obviously they're more expensive than cardboard boxes um but they they, they have their purpose i don't i don't know i think if i was move if you're I, gonna be moving moving, moving is a big them? deal yeah yes, yes. If, would, if like yeah. like for mine Mine stick, mine stick in a corner right next to this little gap right here. This is where my short boxes are. Mm-hmm. And so I don't move them that often. So for me, I, I don't, you know, once they go in there, they're pretty much in there and I don't, I, I don't access them again. If I were to be moving them or if, if, if they were to be accessed more, I might consider 
going into the the, the hard plastic short boxes but I'm, it's, I'm sure they also stack a lot nicer like i yes, I, I stack I, i'll stack a couple of, but like at a certain point like you know the cardboard's like not the best so you're not gonna like i'm not gonna put four high like that's insane but you could you could probably get away with it with the plastic boxes yeah so good question in the chat there so all right We've, we, we've talked about what makes a book expense or potentially valuable. We've talked about how to store them temporarily. But let's say, Jacob, that I have a book that seems to be going. Let's say I did pick up uh, somehow, some way, a The Clone Wars issue number one, which introduced Ahsoka and Rex. And I want to go ahead and get, and, and, and get it officially certified in what we call grading. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk a little bit about, about that process, about how we get a book graded and what the process is and, what, and kind of what all that entails. Yeah, so I'm gonna like this is gonna be a okay. We were going nerdy. This is like I'm give, <laughs> now now I'm now I'm just straight lecturing to the chat, and I feel bad. But okay, so grading a book, it's a way you can lock in a, a lock in a value for it more or less, or at least you're you're gonna lock in the the quality of it and make it more of a like almost a collectible asset than a comic book because you can't read it anymore once you do that. Nope. So for a starter, there are two companies primarily that do grading. There's CBCS or CBCS, I believe. That's like that's fine. And then there's CGC. They're both like pretty comparative, comparable for quality wise. But like CGC is like the industry standard. If you go to buy a comic book graded online, it's probably going to be CGC. Uh, and those are just two companies that do this. It's like there's lots of different companies that do lots of different collectible grading. There's companies that do cards like Beckett or yep. is it PSA or whatever. And then. You can get Funkos graded, like anything with a collectible market, you can get something probably graded or verified. Like, just so for in case you're not sure, like how what is being graded? What do yeah. you mean by so, being graded? Yes. Basically, I like here, okay, I got Bausch, the the uh the one shot. I want like let's say in in the m- most cases, if you're gonna send something to get graded, it's either already very valuable that's about it really like don't send don't send like your like nothing book or i'll get to a second caveat later but basically it's a valuable book and you want to lock in some value for it so i say hey cgc tell me how like good shape this is so i mail it off to them they have a bunch of like professionals look at this and say you know they look at all different qualities like they'll look if there's any nicks or bends or tears or off coloring or printing issues or maybe issues with the stables. There's like a whole like laundry list of criteria they look. They're basically looking for a perfect book. And it's and on the- a point one, like it's a point one scale uh, of zero to ten, but basically zero to nine point eight. Like you, you don't see anything past a nine point eight. Um and you know, the higher it is, the better the value you get for it. Um for anything modern, I would say anything in the past like almost I would say at least ten years. If you are sending it in, it better be a 9.4 or you're wasting your money. At least a 9.4. If it's within, like, if you got it, like, recently, it better be a 9.8 or you're wasting your money. Because, you know, like, for, uh, I don't know, let's say High Republic number set, uh, number uh, 10. Um, if you send in something and it's not a 9.8, which is, again, effectively the highest it can go... Because that you are paying... Because that's that's something I want to... Yeah, it's, it's You expensive. are paying for it. Yeah. Yes, you are paying this company to say, lock this thing, lock this book into a hard plastic shell and tell me how much it's worth. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not a free service. So, yeah, again, so if you send something that's below 9.8, that's like new, new, 
I, that's a problem because I can go to any comic book store probably and find a 9.8 book if I try hard enough or at least like a 9.6. So that's like, you know, you need like a pristine copy to justify doing it for anything super modern. Basically, but yeah, you send it in. They tell you, they like look it over. They tell you how nice it is. They lock it in a plastic slab and put it at the top, you know, a bunch. It's a nice little like label basically saying it's High Republic number seven. Maybe the first appearance of this comic or this character Here's who wrote it, author, drawed it, whatever. And then it'll have a, a big grade in the corner saying like 9.8. And at that point, you know, that's it. You have a plastic slab. You obviously cannot open it and read it. It's a like a sealed product. And that is uh, pretty much a collectible piece now um, because someone wants to pay to have a very nice, like verified nice copy of a thing. Um, so it's kind of a complicated process. There are two ways to do it. You can either A, spend money to mail it to well it's spent you're spending more money regardless but pay to mail it to them and they'll mail it back when they're done uh or you can go to a convention um and almost yes. every comic book or even like non-comic book like but collectible like nerdy type conventions will have something like that there they'll have representatives like that run through like a local comic book store that you can also just give it to them so like go like lose some of the the cost of it but it's still 70 to 100 dollars per book uh it's not cheap um and they will send it in for you and it's also like a six plus month time turnaround uh so you're you're without your book for a while um so those are like kind of the main ways to do it so again like you it needs to be a valuable book or you're wasting your money to send it in Um, that is way more expensive than i imagined yes and some of the things to consider like you almost you you don't want to read this. Like, like if you, like if you think that something that you are going to want to send into grade, you don't want to crease the spine, like, like creasing the spine blemishes in the book, making sure the, the, all the images are, are, are centered. And like those, that that is kind of what goes into the grading element of it. There's so anytime you, you know, we, we, we have oil on our fingers, whether we, whether, whether we realize it or not. So the more interaction you have with the book, the higher chance you have of ruining that grade. So yeah. anytime that you think that there's a book that you, th- that, that, that you think is going to be valuable buy two, like it, like, and, and, and what I mean by that is buy one that you're going to read and you're going to look through and you're going to thumb through and you're going to get your greasy fingers all over and then take the other one and put it in a, in a, in a, in a Mylar or put it in a hard book uh, or, you know, put it in somewhere that protects it before you go through the process of, of, of sending it in to be graded, because um, it's, it's just the more you handle it, the, 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 the higher chance you have of, uh, of, of really damaging your book. Yeah. If there's like a visible physical defect, it's not a 9.8. And even then, yes. like, even then there are things that, you know, you, your naked eye will not pick out, but a, a greater will. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing. Um, the nice thing is, is if you go to convention and the people that work there are nice, they like, they're not official CGC employees. They're just a representative. They'll probably like look it over for you. Like, especially if it's something new, they're like, yeah, you might like, I'm thinking you might get like a 9.4 on this. And that's like super helpful, especially cause like at a comic convention, if it's something like that came out that month, you could probably run to a book uh, booth and find a better copy. And, and, and one yeah. of the things, one of the things that I, th- that I find interesting, uh, um, I've, I've never gotten a book graded myself, but some of the things that I find interesting is they keep a record. Yeah. So, so if you, I don't know if it was CGC, 
but the, I was looking on one of the websites earlier and for highest, highest valued books and it will sit there and I, and, and I, and again, because I've, I've used this before, um, the clone wars, number one, which is the introduction of Ahsoka and, yeah. and they know and how many of everything are in circulation. hundred percent. They will sit there and tell you there are zero 10.0s. There are one 9.8. There are five 9.7s and that number helps, you know, in, in, in a certain extent kind of determine the evaluation of it and, and, and how much value it is. And, and I don't know if it's the case in, in comic books so so correct me if i'm wrong uh jacob but i do know like for trading cards whether it's pokemon cards whether it's baseball cards you do have the possibility of an an option of regrading so if you so if you get if you get an issue and you're told oh this is and you know a 9.8 or 9.6 and you're like great i'm gonna go send it in and then you get it back and it's given an 8.8 um you do have the option to to get it regraded Mm -hmm. Uh, You still have to pay, like you go through the whole process again, you have to pay for it again, but there are, so that's, there's a little bit of, of gray area and what kind of determines, you know, that's that's one of the drawbacks of, of grading is it's kind of sort of opinion based, but the opinion, it, yes, it's subjective, but it's a very tight subjective window in what, in what, what it, what it determines a high grade on yeah so going back to the whole like talking about at conventions th- like what you mentioned you can actually if you think if you have a slab and like you think the grade is not right you can pay like a lot of places you can kind of do it yourself it's a little you know it's not easy and you can risk damaging it but they will do what's called a slab cracking where they basically will break the shell open and you can just send it back in again that costs money uh, another thing yep. you can do is if you to help try and get a better grade if you have a book that like looks perfect but like if you look at the edge and it's a bit wavy you can pay to have them press it and that could help your grade as well it's like 15 bucks um but so one the last thing i want to talk about with conventions and this is the other thing that um throws a wrench in only get hella expensive books graded and that's signatures um and it's a little bit more complicated than you might think. You might think, I get it signed, I send it in, we're good. Uh, no, it is not that easy uh, because they will not verify the signature for you. Like they, like, So here, here's a great example. I got this Mike Mayhew, High Republic number 7, Darth Crawl uh, variant. As well. I got it signed. I can never get this graded, at least uh, how I would like to. Because for a CGC to verify a signature and they put a nice special header that says it's a signature series verified, like this is a legit signature, um, they have to watch it get signed. So basically what in practice this means is you go to a comic book convention, you go to the CGC booth, you say, I have this, I want it, I know the artist is over there, I want to go get it signed. They walk there with you, wait in line with you, watch it get signed, and then they take it back and send it off. And that, like, that's it. Um so that is the only way there are other things which actually um f- the very fortuitous that this just came out um oh god where to go i think it was in slack um so did you get did you get this the, the coa the certificate of authenticity yeah uh, I'll, I'll, I'll i will touch on that um okay so uh yeah there's actually uh right now very very timely uh there's a event right now cgc comics where you can send something in and get it signed by charles soul so that's like the other way is you can send it directly to them not the author you know, like they can't you can't do that but to cgc and sometimes they'll have events uh you can go get something signed by him um and that's a way shout to out get shout out to timothy shout yeah. out to timothy for posting this in our in our slack channel here so, so yes thank you sure. timothy but yeah so tyler was mentioning a coa yeah all mike mayhew stuff if you get signed on his website 
comes with a certificate of authenticity. That does not matter. They don't care. They're like, you know, you can fake one of those too easily. We're not going to. So literally, you have to, like, you have to have it watched. They they have to physically, the CGC person has to stare your comic book down while you sign it, while it gets signed, and then directly from there, send it off. That's the only way. So, That's insane. Like, I remember um, yeah. when War of the Bounty Hunters first came out, um, mid Midtown, Midtown Comics, I think, yep. was doing a signing yep. event. And I have the first issue of War of the Bounty Hunters signed by Charles Soule and the director's cut signed by Charles Soule. So, like, that's pretty crazy. Like, yeah. how so you can, they you are can, with the signing. <laughs> you can get it signed, um, uh, or you can get it graded even if it's signed, like, not legitly. Uh, so, basically, if you get a regular book signed, no signature or anything, or regular book graded, no signature, blue label. A, fish, a verified signature, yellow label. I believe uh, if it's a unverified signature, they give it a green label. I, I will. I think in the past the signature actually used to count as like a defect, but I don't think they do that anymore. It's I don't know. Oh, I, wow. I I have I don't really look into that because I would never do it. But yeah, like you know, for instance, yeah, like again with this, if I wanted to get like the the right move would have been for me to buy it not signed, find Mike Mayhew at a convention, get it signed there, and then get it graded so I could get a yellow label. And now, now I also want to clarify something. Your when you say you they don't won't grade a signature, they'll still grade the book. Yeah, but that, that, they're not they're not adding the value on t- if the book is a nine point eight and it's signed. In theory, you would think, oh, it's it's even the signature increases the value. Yeah, but, but CGC, it doesn't. What CGC does, it'll still grade the book. But it, it it'll basically acts as if the uh, as if the signature isn't there, or if it is, as Jacob just said, it's kind of a defect to the quality of the book itself. Yeah. So here here's the here's I pulled up the website. You got the blue label. That's the standard. That's just your regular book. You have the yellow label, which is a verified signature. You have green, which is again usually a unverified signature. Um, uh, so that usually does not add value to it. And then purple. I haven't. I, I no one really deals with this stuff. Um, but purple is a restored. That's usually for like old stuff where you know maybe someone did a restoration job on the on the pages or like maybe restapled it or something like that. So those are like the main the main things you're concerned with. Um, so it's very complicated. Basically, it's if you're just a a person that loves Star Wars comic books, don't worry about this. Like this is like right. uh, is really for. I want to make money. Uh, Kind of, I want to have a more intrinsic value uh, and money tied into my Star Wars collection, which is yes. Not not knocking the people that do that. I I did send in a book for CGC um, for fun, kind of uh, uh, recently. So or not recently, uh, like three months ago. So hey, next year uh, it'll show up on my art of the week or something. But we're we're praying for a nine point eight. And that's that, that. That's a good segue into our last segment uh, of of the night, which is valuable Star Wars comics. And Caleb, you kind of put put in quotes here. What is worth the most? And and it, and it kind of it's a subjective topic. And and you, you kind of spelled it out. Uh, you know, in 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 the notes that you have here. So so what exactly? You know, in in your words here, what exactly does make a comic valuable? Like to remind you of your econ 101 class it's all about supply and demand 
Um, the more rare it is, the more value it will be. And we've already touched on pretty much all of these. Signed copies, especially if they can be verified, very important. Variant covers, because they're more rare. Limited editions, um, you know, first appearance of new characters, you know, issues numbers ones. Those are big factors when it comes to these collecting sort of things. So um, obviously the most expensive Star Wars comics that you can you know, spend your hard-earned money on, or maybe not hard-earned money, maybe you win the lottery and want to invest. <laughs> Uh, all those, like the most expensive ones, come from the usually come from the '77 run. Um, you know, there's some like wild stuff here that I saw while researching this. Like the most expensive Star Wars comic was uh, Star Wars the '77, the first volume number one. One edition was sold for two twenty-seven thousand dollars. So, uh, two yeah, twenty-seven thousand dollars at two seven zero zero zero. That's more than my. That's like more than my entire car. Like that's, you know, you can just insane amount. So here's the weird thing. Speaking of, uh, of Star Wars collectibles, the price of a car. <laughs> we got audio listeners. Yes. We got chaos rising. Uh, the uh, out of, pr- this is just a flex flex episode for Jacob. Uh, the out of print uh, chaos <laughs> rising, which most highly sold for $2,000 on eBay. We, 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 oh you God, can get you. What? I will use this to plug yep. the, uh, the our Discord again because we had a lot of fun in Discord uh, when that came out because um, dropping um, sales of of uh, eBay sales and Amazon – was, was it all eBay sales? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, it, was, it, was, it was mostly Mike just throwing eBay links in for a while. Yes. It was it was fun because it was – because so the book hovered around 350 for a while because it came out like a year before the greater – or. I can't remember the timeline, but it came out. It was out for a while. It like originally sold for 150 if you bought it new. Then on eBay resale market was like 350 for a while, and then when the greater good one was announced, it like jumped to the moon so high. It was like 900, 1200, and then yeah, the height. I think only one ever sold at 2000, but there's still quite a few that sold at the 1750. Yes. Wow. There were there were multiple listings, and that's a key word there. Listings. You gotta check out you gotta check out the sold items. That's the important. Yes. So sorry to segue out of oh. out, of, out of your segment. Kim. Absolutely. But I just want to found this just because like comics are weird, this is such a fascinating little thing. So Star Wars 77, issue number one, there's actually two versions. One that Marvel mm, the sold stand. for 30 cents, and then the another one they sold for. 35 cents there is no difference between them they just decided to sell uh, the 35 cent one in select markets to see if people would still buy it they did it was yeah back then there was like you had like newsstand variants which were like again the same exact thing but like slightly different and so but the thing is they sold there were different amounts produced between the two yeah which so value yeah so your 30 cent one like will sell for a thousand dollars but the uh, 35 cent one, that's the one that sold for nearly 30 times the value, $27,000, just because someone in the 70s spent an extra nickel on it. Well, not necessarily because they even spent an extra nickel on it, it's because they decided, Marvel decided to sell the same comic for more money in that market. It's just kind of wild how much that, that tiny cent increase has you know, infinitely experienced or exponentially and- at a value. And you're never gonna know. Like, I mean, that's some of the things that 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 I think is is hard to comprehend for those that are collectors. I mean, I collect all of my things because I enjoy them. 
I'm not, I'm also, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie to myself. Like there are a couple of, of Funkos here that I, I still have the boxes because I'd like to think maybe sort of one day, probably not. They might be worth more than $15, <laughs> but it all depends. Like I'm not, go, a certain Funko isn't going to be more expensive because it's got a smudge on it. Like it's going to be those little def- defects that you don't even realize those differences that you don't in the moment, you don't even know is a big thing. That's what's going to be, if it, if it ever is a, a determining fit, determining factor. And because these books in the seventies were so few and far between, because as, as Caleb said, there wasn't a lot of supply. That's what checked up these prices. Yeah. The, 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 the same, it, it, the same difference today if, if 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 a book was sold for three ninety nine and another book was sold for four ninety nine, it's not going to have the same effect as it was as it did in the seventies because there's just so much more in supply. Exactly. Uh, Matt Moore in the comics pointed out, I don't he doesn't have a source, so I'm well assuming it's true that only fifteen hundred copies of the thirty five cent edition were ever made. So, yo, know, that's kind of crazy to think that you know of those fifteen hundred, some are still being circulated and are still around. So, you know. That is such a small amount that when you think about how big Star Wars has become, that makes sense as to why it's so valuable. So um, you've got a couple of listings here that you, yeah. that you said you went on eBay. Yeah, you just go on eBay and you can like look up some of the ones. Right now, the most expensive one that we've, you, we've talked about it is a 2008 Star Wars Clone Wars number one. So this one is a signed variant cover and the first appearance of Ahsoka. So if you haven't read the notes, what would you estimate that's going for? I've definitely read I've the notes. Re- <laughs> I've already read the notes, so I can't. I, I, will, I, would not, I will stop I would, reading have, the notes. Wait, I would not so have say, predicted. Say that again. I haven't read the notes. All right. It is the Star Wars comic Clone Wars from the 2008 uh, Clone Wars number one. It is signed. It is a variant cover, and it is the first appearance of Ahsoka. Oh. And Rex. And Rex. And Rex. Ahsoka and Rex, and it's signed. Oof. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... 1500 that's pretty close that's that's that that is about what i would have guessed too if i hadn't read the notes pretty close it is 19,000, so 1900 so 1900 okay exactly plus plus 650 for shipping and handling i mean 20,000. wow (laughs) yeah yeah she said 1500 and you and you and you know sorry it's 19,000. oh sorry i apologize well is it sold english is weird yes Uh, it's sold (laughs) Yeah, nineteen thousand plus. I want to know six fifty for shipping and handling. Who has a spare twenty thousand kicking around to buy a comic book? And can I meet them? And can I have a look? <laughs> right? Uh, I can't. I, I can't buy. Uh, I, I can't buy my Funkos for fifteen dollars because I pre-sell them for. Or I, I get. I attempt to pre-sell them or pre-order them for nine dollars, and I refuse to pay the six dollars extra dollars oh. to get them from Target. I refuse. There's no way I'd be able to go for the for a nineteen thousand dollar comic book. J- Jared, point out in chat. I think you just confirmed that this is the same variant cover that the variant art was done by Dave Filoni. I, I believe so. Yes. Yep. So that makes oh, it even kind wow. of crazier. Um, you know, also on listing, there's a we were because we talked about there's a Star Wars seventy seven issue number three, which is rated as a nine point six. Emma, any guesses? Is this a first appearance of anyone? maybe i didn't i didn't see it listed there okay. on the listing but you know it's halfway through the first star wars movie so uh maybe first appearance of i don't know uh tarkin i don't know i'm gonna guess a thousand 
Uh, 1,000. Yes. Uh, you're, again, off by a factor of 10. It is 11,500. What makes it so said Star Wars number three valuable? Star Wars number three. I don't think it's the first appearance. I just looked it up. Yeah, but it is the thirty-five cent version of it. But here's the big thing: it also has free shipping and handling, so that's that's really nice. (laughs) That's a a steal there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then I got one more here. This one is a much more recent one. This one is Darth. I'm sorry, Vader down number one variant cover featuring Jackson. So I have to ask. Was this the stencil or was this the full art? Because yeah. I have, that's what I'm trying to find right now. I have the full art version. This of ske- I know I think the sketch one, I probably. I'm pretty sure it's the, the sketch, sketch one. one's very expensive. Yeah, I think okay, it has, so- it's that one. So Darth Vader number one, it, the, down, Vader down number one. So I think that was in 2016, I think. But it's a variant cover featuring Jackson. So that is, so, so this is Vader down number one. And this is the full art version. And if you. Yeah, if you Jacob, if you if you come to me in yeah, solo, yeah. you can see the little see... bunny ears or the leppy oh ears. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Is... Oh, 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 right in front okay, of your oh. face. Put it straight in front of your face. There we go. That is Vader fighting. Oh Perfect. yeah. There he is. There he is. Oh my goodness. So this is not the expensive version because okay. it is it is the full art. There is a sketch version. Yes, and this that... one was the sketch version. It was in yes. black and okay. white. All right, I'm gonna guess. Because this feels very obscure. Oh, Chip Zdarsky did this? Okay. And I've, I've been lowballing everyone. So I'm going to go 5,000. You went over. And this one is 3,500. Okay. Plus, you know, bonus points if you can get guess the shipping. Uh, 595. 897. 897. Like super expensive shipping. I, I hope they, you know, decide to put at least some tissue paper in there. But Yeah. <laughs> Three thousand five hundred dollars for that uh, edition. That's the one, right? Wow. I said I saw. Yep. Uh, for Vader down number one. Who knew that would be expensive? I guess that's crazy. not a true sketch cover because Jackson's in color, which is kind of really cool. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a different that's a different version than than the one that I've seen. I've now the one the one that Jacob and I are talking about is just a penciled version with no no art or no excuse me no color added to it. Um, that one has also been listed as, uh, as, as, as highly, highly collectible. Uh, that one was a, was a, was a, was a unique cover. So that was, that one looks pretty cool too. Um, yeah, a lot of the notable, a lot, you know, the 1977 runs there, there have so many because they're obviously the first, the first appearances of people. Um, so, uh, Caleb, we've got, we, I, I was able to find yeah. a couple of, of note. No, I, I call them notable, uh, collectible comics, uh, a lot of them were coming from the 1977 run. Exactly. Like, you know, probably the biggest one is Star Wars number 42. Uh, Emma, any guesses on whose first appearance is in that one? I know I'm picking on you, but. It is, it is, it is, is, it is a very theme appropriate it's question. A, it's, a, it's a cover that was actually recently redone for a comic book event that just ended. That's probably way too big. Yeah, yeah, there we go. (laughs) Forty-two was the first comic appearance. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Fett Where? Boba Fett. (laughs) Boba Fett. Where? Right here in issue forty-two. This one sold for about six thousand. I said we mentioned the thirty-five cent variations on the first couple of Star Wars. Uh, There's Star Wars number one hundred seven, which was the final issue of the series. Uh, That was about two thousand three hundred. We mentioned the Clone Wars one. Another weird one was Kanan number six. Uh, because that's the first uh, comic appearance of Sabine, Sabine Wren. Uh, that yeah. one's 
real it's relatively expensive for something so new it's you can pick it up for about just under seven hundred dollars and 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 i put this in here uh because i i wanted to add in a little bit of a word of caution because this book i've seen a lot of this book and a lot of this series available in ebay's or facebook marketplaces or mercari listings um and so that price that approximate evaluation i took from I don't know if it was CGC, but it was a graded website. And, and, and it is list that is the 9.8 graded pricing. Right. And so something that you have to keep in mind, especially when you're buying from these secondhand people is please do your own research because a 9.8 in a slab book is worth $675. The book that I have down here that is kept in a polyurethane plastic in a cardboard box that has been sitting up, you know, on its side for the last six months, that is not worth $675. But people who are looking to looking to trade who or sell these books, they are not expecting you to do your own research. They are finding the highest dollar value that they can slap on that on, on, on these books. And then they sell the entire, then they sell the entire, the, the, the entire, you know, um, uh, title. Um, I don't normally see Canaan number six, but I do, I have seen a number of the entire Canaan series and they're trying to sell it for $500, $700 or wh wh whatever it is. But I please, Please, this is my only word of caution. This is, you know, collecting is fun. Collecting can be expensive. And we all love, we are all enablers in this, in, in, in this community. But please, if you're going to collect, make sure you do your own research and make sure you know the difference between a 9.8 graded Canaan valued at $675 and me listing Canaan on Mercari for $500. You don't know what's that. Just because I say it's from a pet, non-pet, non-kid, non-smoking house doesn't mean that I'm telling the truth. And, and, and so when you're finding, you know, if you're looking to spend a lot of money on secondhand uh, private sellings and private listings, you just, you need to make sure you know what you're getting yourself into and you need to make sure that you, you're, you're getting the proper value for your money. Yeah, I, I want to say something real quick on that note because I, I'm glad you reminded me of, you know, the whole doing your own research thing. One of the easiest ways you can get scammed uh, when you buy those th buy things like that secondhand, um, comics sometimes get printed more than once, and that is a yes big effector on value. And here's a very easy way that you can check that. Um, so here I, I pulled out this. This is Darth Vader number twelve came out recently. Um, so it, this is it looks. <laughs> This is weird. They like did some recolorings on some of them. This is like literally just a red version of the normal cover. So it's technically a variant, which makes it easier for me to just show you this. Comics have a barcode and you might not be able to really read this very well, but that's that's a little bit better. So will, they, they say like second edition. Yeah. So you have right? this barcode. The first three numbers of the barcode read left to right are the issue number. So this is issue number 12. It's zero one two. The number after that is the cover number. So an A cover, the standard cover is is, is one, the B cover is two, and so on. This doesn't count like retail exclusive stuff. This is just the stuff that Marvel is putting out. And the last number is the printing number. So this is the first printing. It's nice. Most comics, at least recently, if they reprint them, they give them their own cover. So it's like that's an easy way to tell. But some of them, they might the cover change might not be obvious. It might be a very small color change. Um, if there are comics that do hold value 
in um for the printings especially if that printing like if that run had like an issue with it sometimes like you know they'll make a printing and like there's an error that can give you more value but the on 99.9 percent of the time the first printing is the most valuable one and not counting variants and that is the one you need otherwise the value tanks so just make sure you know if, if you're buying Darth Vader number three you better make sure it's the first printing or they might scam you and, and, to, and so, go, going along with that there are reprintings outside of like these reprintings are like I the Marvel made the book it sold out everywhere they made it again sometimes they get reprinted other ways like they'll do imprints called like true true believers was one they'll do like Halloween reprints again different values and then sometimes they'll also reprint retro stuff so if that if that star wars number one is like selling for ten dollars and is pristine that probably was not printed in 1977 it was probably printed in like 2014 so just be careful that kind of stuff so you Uh, said that the 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 last number on the barcode is the is the printing yeah again you can't really see very well but yeah there's a five digit barcode number right here the very last number that if it's not number one be careful so okay i had no idea thank yeah. you for i didn't that. know that either i didn't know that either i knew that they had uh especially in these newer newer books they will have like second printing they'll actually have the words printed there but that's good to know i didn't yeah. i didn't know about the barcode yeah fun stuff so. nice all right. Well, that about wraps it up on this topic. Like I said, this was, you know, we, we, we talk about specifics, uh, you know, you know, specific books, but we, we, it's been a little bit of time since we talked about comic books as a, you know, collection or as a thing. And, and so it was really fun to sort of, sort of talk about this tonight. Uh, any last words before we sign off? Does anybody else have any, any last words or any, any comments that they want to want to say before, uh, before I sign off? Um, my comment is that I learned a lot. Um, also I want to go buy some more comics. I think, you know, like I was actually looking on Amazon, um, while you guys were talking, looking at Mylar bags, because I just keep the bags that they, I get my physical comics from shipped from Midtown. Cause I don't live near an LCS and I just keep them in whatever bags they are. You're right. They are a bit more expensive. So um, <laughs> not super great for a college student, but Hey, I, I think I'll at least invest, invest in a short box at the very least. So they're not sitting on my floor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you do anything, please get a short box so that you can keep those comics nice and pristine and make sure that when uh, you try to sell them in, in 30 years, that they're worth the $3.99 that you paid for. That's, exactly. about all the, that's about all they're going to be worth. I was about to say, like, one. here's the, my big takeaway from this is comic collecting is a really fun and really involved hobby. Yes. Don't treat it like cryptocurrency. This isn't cryptocurrency. This all, isn't going to be Dogecoin. And, don't, uh, yes. Don't collect with the intent of investing. Collect because it's fun. Collect because you have a community and a show like 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 Utini and a show like the Cosmic Force, so you can come and be nerdy with it with with with, with some friends. That's mm-hmm. why you should collect. But maybe just maybe in some in ten years that first edition Charizard card you got sitting in your attic is going to be worth something. So just hold on to that in the back of your mind. <laughs> hold on to them, collect them, but this isn't an investment. You're not going to retire off of these. Good if you're smart, but you know, you know, don't don't bank on it. (laughs) 
Well, for those of us that don't have twenty-seven or nineteen thousand dollars to uh, to spend on a comic book, I think that's a good place to end it. So that will do it for this week's episode of the Cosmic Force. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and this channel. And while you're at it, go ahead and like this video. Um, so that way you can be notified whenever we have new content on the show. Uh, we are all broadcasting live right here on Wednesdays, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on YouTube. Or you can also get us on our, our in, on audio format on your favorite podcasting platform. We do know that we are a little bit behind on on getting our, our the, the newest issues out there. Um, that is just something that we, we will be working towards getting that uh, updated soon. But we are available on all of your podcasting platforms if you choose to to consume us in the audio format. Uh, be sure to visit utd.com for reviews, articles, and news for the entire expanded universe. And we also encourage you to join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. And you can also help support the show by heading to patreon.com slash utini to start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. A special thank you to OKNDAR, Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander, and Earl Q on our Jedi High Council, and Kyle Hickman, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our, our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. Don't forget, you can tweet the show at Cosmic Force Show or at the host individually. I'm at Ty Rags. Emma is at Irma Jedi 26. Caleb is at Caleb Lamanek. And Jacob is at Jacob Bosch. Thanks again to Emma, Caleb, and Jacob for hosting with me tonight. Thank you to all of you that joined us live in the live chat. And a special thank you to our listeners and viewers wherever and whenever you are watching us. We do truly appreciate your support. We hope to see you all next week. But until then, may the Force be with you. 